Hello, I'm Leroy Garcia, and this is Blue Rain Gallery Podcast. Uh, we took a short break uh, for a few weeks as we promoted the Joseph Henry Sharp show, the homage to him. And uh, we made a lot of videos. You can find those on our blog, on our website. They're very informative. I uh, encourage everybody to go check them out. That show runs through May 22nd. Our next show will be Matthew Seavers and Bryce Pettit, and that show opens up on May 28th. Encourage everybody to come over to an open reception from 5 to 7 that evening. Today's podcast is based on collecting. I've titled it, The Passion to Create is No Different Than the Passion to Collect. And if you think about it, that's very true. If you uh, tell an artist, hey, stop painting, uh, they can't. They, they have to paint. They have to create. Uh, well, the same thing applies to collectors. If you tell a collector, you, you're done, stop collecting, uh, that's not going to happen because that's the same passion. And they go hand in hand. I wanted to talk about a few things, building a, uh, building a collection, um, how art is prized. Then we're going to talk about, after the, the acquisitions of all your collections, what do we do with those as we get older or we want to uh, downsize our, our living spaces or... Uh, we're getting ready to pass on our uh, art to our children or other uh, venues. A lot of people come in to the gallery and they, they feel very uneducated and they, they, they feel like they don't know anything about art. And that may be true or not. I always encourage people to collect art based on a few scenarios. One is what they really like, uh, what, what, Im what impacts them visually uh, or inspires them inside. And then the second part of that is buying things that you can afford. In saying all this, uh, I, I discourage people from investing in art. It, it's not like the stock market, and it's very unpredictable. But you can follow simple guidelines of supply, demand, economics. Sometimes it's best to collect artists as they're on the rise in the beginning parts of their career. But you really have to get out there and, and know what's on the scene. I think the other, the other thing is um, really figuring out your budget. You don't have to spend huge dollars to start an art collection. You just have the passion, have to have the passion to collect. I think as you go through this journey, you will figure out what you do like more and more. And as you study the mediums and how the artists approach a, a piece, you uh, become familiar with the aesthetic. And it's after that point uh, you can look at a website and go, oh, that's a beautiful ZZ way. I saw it in Blu-ray and I know the textures, I know everything about it. And it's a simple way to keep in touch after that point. But it's important to get out and visually look at art and try to think about how it's made, the perspectives of the artist. I've been lucky uh, to be in this uh, career for over 30 years now. And I've uh, built a lot of, or helped build a lot of artists. I want to give you two scenarios. It's, it's hard to predict, but in, in a case like uh, Tammy Garcia, as she started out, her, her career was meteoric. It just went like this, it, it almost instantly, and it kept growing and growing until finally it evens out, and then you know there has to be a new direction, and the artist will figure that out and, and go forward. Uh, the other way, which is normal, is art um, artists build their careers very slowly uh, through time and patience. And uh, what, a good example of that in our gallery would be uh, Preston Singletary. 
I invited Preston Singletary into our gallery in around 1999. 20 plus years later, his career is kind of apex towards where Tammy's was. And uh, it, it's just taken time. Both people, when you collected them early, uh, were great values. And now they're, they're pushing the, the envelopes economically. And that's normal. You can also look at the supply side. If somebody's very prolific, it sooner or later catches up. Prolific meaning they're producing a lot of works. And we have had artists in our gallery like that. And that can be commonplace, especially with painters. Uh, one painter that comes to mind would be Tony Abeda. An artist can be prolific and still have a rising career depending on constant innovation. And uh, all three of those artists that I talked about here briefly uh, Preston, Tony, and Tammy have all been innovative along their careers, and that has given them longevity in the art market. What I have noticed, uh, especially uh, collectors, that we've talked about the, the history or, or a career, how it's made, but how is a collection made? It's made along the same lines. Uh, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, as I usually uh, encourage uh, the collectors to look at this. Uh, but some collectors have been at it a long time too, and so their collections can be very big. Uh, we've had collections as big as 500 to 1,000 pieces come into the gallery at once. And um, so I think what we should talk about today is a little bit of, well, what do we do with these collections when we're getting ready to downsize or de-excess? So the, the, the first one that we want to talk about is the auction houses. Auction houses can be great in uh, quickly deaccessing your, your collection. Uh, the problem is they don't really care about protecting your investment. Their whole point is to get this in and to get it out, uh, regardless of price. So sometimes, uh, let's say in the contemporary native art where it's have a huge supply uh, right now and not huge demand, the auction houses can get as low as like 20 cents on the dollar. And so we should really consider that when you were selling your work through auction houses. Uh, you can put reserves on your work, and that sometimes pro, uh, protects the prices, but a lot of cases, if the, if the auction house is underperforming, those, those pieces probably won't sell unless you get rid of that. Um, so another way to de-access outside of uh, the auction houses is through the museums. And museums are a great way to preserve your heritage of collecting. Uh, they, they may not write a book on you, but at least they'll preserve the work. The problem with museums is that they have huge collections. A lot of museums display only 5 to 10% of what they have. Everything else goes to their vaults of storage. And sometimes they get so much donations that they have to turn them away uh, because they don't have room for storage. Or they, they say, we'll take the collection, never showing your work that you've collected. Or sometimes they de-access through the auction houses or through private dealers and sales which they use to fund their operations or um, accessing other works that they have their eye on uh, to complete co uh, collections. Um, this is a great way because you can also deduct the appraised price of the piece uh, on your taxes. And if it's a huge collection like this, you will need to work with the CPA uh, because it'll have to be amortized over a few years as far as the deductions. But that's something you can sit down with a museum person and a CPA about, and they can give you uh, greater guidance on that. Uh, the downside is you're not getting any cash back other than in the value of the donation uh, on the tax deduction. 
Let's talk about the gallery system. The gallery system is, is probably the best way to get maximum value out of your collection. Um, this happens because the galleries, like myself, are mostly interested in preserving what we've tried to build up. In other words, a career like Preston Singletary that took 24 years to make, or 25 years to make, we don't, we're not interested in devaluing it. And by that, I, I want to give a, a comparative analysis uh, with regard to uh, real estate. If you have a neighbor next door to you and your neighbor uh, sells his house at half the price of what your value is, what happens to your house? It gets devalued. Uh, the same thing applies to art. When we send art to places where it's devalued, um, it pretty much devalues the entire market. It hurts everybody. So considering a gallery uh, is, a, is a beautiful thing because it helps preserve those prices as best we can. And yes, sometimes there is, uh, uh, the, the, the values fall a little bit depending on overproduction or not enough innovation. Um, there's all kinds of factors that, that go into a price. Uh, mostly it's supply demand economics, but the gallery is interested in preserving that price for the most part. And you need to be careful with that because there are some dealers that uh, treat things like volume, uh, like the auction houses. They, they're not interested in preserving the price. They're just interested in turning this uh, product as fast as they can without protecting the value. And, and that's a big deal. Uh, the, the downside with the gallery system is that uh, you will need patience. It takes a lot more time to protect those prices and get those prices. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight, and unless the artist is way hot, and uh, that that can happen as well. I I had an artist one time. We had uh, 21 uh, vessels come in at one time, and we were able to sell those to one collector in one fell swoop. But that's also rare. Usually, we it's one at a time slowly every day. But it adds up, and we we do uh, pretty good. I think this last collection we took on uh, with the Camaros. Um, that's taken us about four years to whittle it down to uh, from 500 pieces down to close to 100 pieces. Um, but most of that value has, has been protected and the collector has been fairly happy with that. Um, I'd like to encourage everybody to um, <coughs> keep all of these points in mind when they're deaccessing their collections, especially if their children don't want it. There are, there, these are proper routes to go uh, to retain the value or get some compensation back. I am always available to, um, to talk to you anytime if you have collections that you want to deaccess um, or talk about the museums or the auction houses, I'm, I'm here and available. I'd like to thank everybody for watching today's uh, podcast, Blue Rain Gallery podcast. Our next episode will feature Stetson Haniemtowa, one of my favorite people from Hopi. Uh, he's a Katsina Carver, and uh, we've known Stetson for about 30 years. You'll enjoy that journey as well. I'd like to encourage everybody to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Blue Rain Gallery. Uh, you can also find the podcast uh, on our website under podcasts, as well as um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Um, like to also encourage everybody to check out our print shop. We have great products always available. We'll be releasing new lines for Blue Rain Gallery itself uh, in the next few weeks to come. 
um, like to uh, tell you thanks again for watching and have a good day. Hey, I know I hate you.